Hey, Blackhawk, it's so good to gather together again today. Welcome to those of you live here in the room and those of you joining through the wonders of technology, whether you are listening to a podcast or you're watching online or one of our other sites and venues. Downtown, Fitchburg, Gospel Fusion, Traditions. Uh, to the Chinese speakers in our congregation, and to a los hispanohablantes, un abrazo muy fuerte en Cristo. Si no lo saben, tenemos un grupo que reúne aquí los domingos por la mañana. Eh, si quieres más información, escríbenos a través de nuestro sitio web. Uh, or come and talk to me after the service. My name is Ben. And, uh... Sí, Jorge, vale. Eh, toda la predicación, Jorge, me dice en, en español, entonces. Uh, no, I would stumble over myself. My name is Ben, and uh, I'm one of the pastors on our student ministries team here at Blackhawk. Okay, uh, look at this. What comes next? There it is. Yeah, okay, next, next up. Uh, where there's smoke, there's, right? There's like a campfire right down here. I can almost imagine it. Okay, last one. Stars and... Right? Where are the stripes? My eyes are so confused. Whew, there it was. Stars and stripes, lightning and thunder. Where there's smoke, there's fire. These are pairs of things that just flat out go together. When you find one, you're going to find the other. And today, Jesus is making a case for us about another pair, a pair that he says go together, that where you find one, you're inevitably going to run into the other. This pair, they're like traveling buddies. The pair Jesus is talking about will be our hearts and our treasures. Jesus wants to talk to us about money today. Aren't you so glad you came to worship? <laughs> This is the eighth of 11 weeks in our series, Becoming, where we are working through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And each one of us is asking ourselves the question, what kind of person do I want to become? And Jesus is inviting us to become kingdom people. And he says, if you call me your king, your heart cannot also pledge allegiance to king money because Jesus just likes making small talk, right? So. Okay, so uh, at the very beginning of the series, uh, Charles preached the first message and he set out some guardrails that we need today. One guardrail is he said that throughout the Sermon on the Mount, we're not going to domesticate the text. If the text is a bit wild, we want to let it be wild. And then he also said that we're not here for a guilt trip. Like, that's not what Jesus wants to do. And so today, if we're going to hear Jesus' words for us on money, we really need to keep these two guardrails in mind. Because our natural inclination is either to downplay the text of like, ah, that's not what Jesus meant. He's not talking to me. Or to go for a guilt trip. And we're not going in either of those two directions today. We're not here for a guilt trip. Something else that we're not going to do in this talk. Uh, this is not the give more money to the church talk. Okay? So it's just not what we're talking about today. That giving more money to the church is like 
a twig off of a branch, off of the trunk of the tree. And Jesus is focused on the trunk. He's not focused on the twig. What else is Jesus not doing today? Well, he's, he's not our financial planner. He's not giving us practical advice for how to get out of debt, save for the future, those kinds of things. At all of our sites and venues, our host just talked about freed up. And I cannot oversell this course enough. This could change your life. If I see people in the room, like on their phones, I'm just going to assume you're registering for Freed Up, and I'm going to like, yes, do that. If you're watching online, just push pause right now, go register, and then come back. Okay, you're back. Awesome. Thanks so much. That was so fun. There you go. I can't oversell this thing enough because when we put in the work for ourselves, it's a game changer. And a six-week program like this is, is massive. But that's not Jesus' focus for today. One other thing Jesus isn't focused on, this isn't the how the system needs to change talk. Like, is capitalism, is it good, bad, neutral? I mean, personally, I find those conversations really interesting, like in the book club that I'm a part of, but <laughs> you don't want to hear that talk from me. I'm not an economist, right? And it's, and it's also, it's not a message from Amos or Micah or James, these books in the Bible that do target systemic injustice. Stick around. After Easter, we're going to have a sermon series through the book of Micah. But um, that's just not Jesus' focus for today. So Jesus, he's not focused on giving us a guilt trip. He's not uh, focused on getting us to give more money to the church. He's not focused on being our personal financial planner. And he's not trying to change the great economic systems today. So what is Jesus' focus? If you have a Bible or a smart device with a Bible, you can turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to be starting in verse 19. The text is also going to be on the screens. Uh, we're going to start slow, and then we'll ramp it up and a little bit later. It is Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin don't destroy, thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. First question for us to consider as we think about this text, is who is Jesus talking to economically? Who's his audience financially? We've already touched on this throughout this uh, series, that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is not talking to the upper echelons of society. In Jesus' day, there were people who lived in luxury, but the audience of the Sermon on the Mount is, is not that group of people. He says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Give us this day our daily bread. Something else about Jesus' audience, they lived 2,000 years ago. I know that that's very insightful, right? So, 
But it's, it's important to point out because uh, they, <laughs> they didn't have things that we take for granted. Motor vehicles, the internet, Tylenol, oh my goodness, chocolate, people, come on. Indoor plumbing, I love all of these things. And Jesus' audience didn't have them. They also didn't have banks or insurance policies or investment portfolios. If you wanted to save at this time, you might have a few coins that perhaps you would bury in a hole in the ground or hide in the wall of your house. So everything of material value was subject to moths or vermin or thieves or all of the above. So there's plenty that we don't have in common with Jesus' audience. But I'd also say there's a lot that we do have in common. I might not be concerned about vermin, but I could be concerned about losing my job, some kind of big and unexpected expense, or living expenses going up, the market going down, something like that. And there's something else that we have in common with Jesus' audience. Jesus is talking to people with choices. People with some choices, not all of the choices. But he assumes throughout the Sermon on the Mount that his people that he's uh, addressing are people who have some choices. He's not talking to people who have absolutely nothing. Here are some examples from the text. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. There's just an assumption there that Jesus' audience has clothing. Here's another one. When you fast. This assumes that Jesus' audience has food that they are able to eat on a daily basis. And then sometimes for religious purposes, they make the choice to abstain from eating, to fast as a, a, spiritual, uh, as a spiritual practice. Here's a couple more. A couple more. Here we go. So when you give to the needy, right? So this is not saying that Jesus' audience is never needy themselves, that they are never on the receiving end of generosity. That's a category mistake that we can make. But it is saying that they are sometimes on the giving end of generosity. And so then, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, don't store up treasures in earth. This only makes sense because Jesus' audience has the option. They have choices. Jesus' audience has not all of the choices of what to do with their money and their stuff, but they have some choices. And I bet that's true for all of us. Each one of us, I would say, is probably a person with not all the choices of what to do with our money and our stuff, but we all have some choices. Maybe you're in seventh or eighth grade and you're thinking, I don't make any money. Yeah, so you don't have all the choices, but you have some choices, right? You have stuff and you're, you, you know the people with the money. You're probably sitting next to them right now. 
and they listen to you. <laughs> or maybe uh, you're working your first job out of school and you have debt that you need to pay down. You don't have all of the choices, but you have some choices. Or perhaps you're in midlife and you're asking questions about whether you need to make some changes in your living situation or your career or something. You don't have all the choices, but you have some choices. Or maybe you're in the later stages of your career and you're starting to ask the question, what might retirement look like for me? You don't have all of the choices, but you have some choices. Or maybe you're in your 80s and you're thinking, what's on my bucket list? What do I want to leave behind to family and or charity when I pass away? Here's the point. All of us, we don't have all the choices of what to do with our stuff and our money. But we have some choices. And if that's us, that's something that we have in common with Jesus audience. For, for Jesus' purposes at this point, it doesn't matter whether each one of us thinks of ourselves as rich or poor. His words are for you and me here. And he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay. What are treasures in heaven? What does that phrase mean? Is Jesus like talking about like some kind of eternal prize, like that, that one person might have modest accommodations in my father's house, but then a person who's stored up treasures in heaven would have like a, a fancy place in the afterlife? Probably, probably not. Probably not. Uh, because it doesn't really fit with the way Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven throughout the gospel of Matthew. Not to mention that it would be a bit odd for Jesus to be saying, you know, stop caring about nice stuff right now so that you can have really nice stuff after you die. Right? That just, it wouldn't make sense. So what are treasures in heaven? Well, remember, this is a message about becoming kingdom people, that Jesus is inviting us to become a certain kind of person, that he has a vision of what the good life is like, and he's inviting us to that. And so the invitation to store up treasures in heaven is probably an invitation to invest ourselves, our time, our efforts, our, our resources, in things that matter for the kingdom of heaven. Showing acts of love, truth, justice to our fellow human beings. Because human beings, they're eternal. <laughs> you show love to another human being, well, that can change eternity. Moths, vermin, thieves, they can't touch that. So store up treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be 
also. This phrase helps to unlock a great deal of what Jesus is talking about. He says that our hearts and our treasures are like traveling buddies. Where one goes, the other comes along for the ride. And so I'm going to have Caleb and TJ and Tate help me with something here. I'm going to bring this out. Here we go. Our hearts and our treasures, they're like traveling buddies. There you go. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, TJ. There it is. All right, got to make sure this isn't blinding anybody. Hopefully not. There we go. Okay, here's my heart. Here's my treasure. And uh, they go together. Inevitably, when I care about something, I'm going to end up spending money. Oh, come on, Magnus. I'm going to end up spending money on that thing. And if I'm spending my money on something, I'm just going to start caring about th- that thing. And then there are areas in the world that I don't care about, and they're over here, and they don't have either my heart or my treasure. Here's an example. March Madness. Oh my gosh. Anybody else stay up way too late on Friday night watching the game? Oh wow. I grew up on Badger sports. Uh, basketball, hockey, football. Uh, special shout out to national champion Paige McKenna uh, of the women's swimming team who won the national championship last night in Atlanta. So uh, yeah, woo, you can cheer for that. Yeah. Uh, but, but really to, to everyone uh, who's wrapping up their season these days. So, um, man, the, 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 the UW Fieldhouse is still my favorite sporting venue on planet Earth because it's just, it's, it's what I grew up on. And so when, when you care about something, you end up spending money on things like Swag, right? I'm seeing lots of people in Badger outfits. I'm I'm rocking my my Badger socks this morning, so there you go. Or or tickets to the games. Uh, or some of us have probably traveled to tourneys and bowl games in different places. Now, if you don't care, you're just not gonna care. You're not gonna spend your money on those things. You might have picked the peacocks in the NCAA tournament because the mascot sounded great, and then everyone's like, wow, how'd you guess that? And you're like, I don't know. So, uh, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it just shows you just don't care about this, and that's okay. So, uh, Here's another example. Raise your hand, all sites and venues, if you're under the age of 16. I'm going to guess on average. Oh, young at heart right there. That was good. I'm going to guess on average that you don't care about car insurance, right? Like, why would you care about car insurance? I didn't care about car insurance until I had to pay for car insurance. And then all of a sudden, I know all kinds of things about premium and deductibles and copay and liability, comprehensive. Which organization has the best customer service or roadside assistance, these things? If you don't own a car, you don't know anything about it. You don't care about car insurance. Notice that in one example, my heart went first and my money followed. And in the other example, the money went first and the heart followed. It doesn't, doesn't really matter which one goes first. They're traveling buddies. They, they go together. Here's another kind of more layered example of how this is cyclical. 
So uh, I've been on our middle school ministry staff team for nine years here at Blackhawk. And so uh, the first class of incoming sixth graders from 2013, they're now 20 years old. So they're um, about two years out of high school. And this class, they've like got their claws in my heart. I think they could probably like tie garbage cans on fish hooks and sell them as earrings, and I would be so proud, y'all. Like, <laughs> I would, like, I would buy a few pairs and try to give them as presents, things like that. So four, four students from this class are a part of summer mission teams this coming summer, where they're traveling to different parts of the globe to come alongside local followers of Jesus to help them launch new churches in those areas. And they're raising financial support to give, go there. And so because this group has my heart, of course I'm donating when they reach out to ask for money. But then something else happens, right? Now that my, oh, there's a dot. <laughs> I don't like the dots. They just can't, anyway, all right, okay. Now that my heart has brought the money, now that my money's involved in this, my heart gets involved in a different way, right? Like, now I'm paying attention, and I'm asking questions like, oh, what is God doing already in the place where you're going. What's the local culture like there? Tell me about your teammates. How, how are you gelling together as you get ready to serve overseas? It's a cyclical thing, right? My, my heart shaped my choices, and then my choices reshape my heart, and it's this thing that's mutually reinforcing. Now, there are other things that are in this empty space for me, like WWE wrestling. I don't care. If it's your thing, awesome. Um, Bitcoin. I'm not invested in crypto. So, so um, here's one that I probably shouldn't admit. Um, I've never played Minecraft. So, and I work with middle school students. So I, it looks cool, but I've, I've just, I've never played. So these are things that are over here for me. This is what Jesus is saying. Our heart and our treasure, they're traveling buddies. Where one goes, the other comes along. If you care about something, you're going to end up spending money on that thing. And if you're invested in something, you're going to end up caring about that thing. Jesus says that people, kingdom people, who care about his kingdom their financial choices end up reflecting that. And people who make choices in alignment with the kingdom, their heart gets dragged along and they start to care even more. Jesus has at least three more things to say on this topic. I'm gonna continue through the text. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, personally, I find this metaphor 
confusing, uh, but there are some little hints in the Bible. You see this little C and D, and maybe in your paper Bible or in a Bible app, it looks like a link that you can tap. Nod your head if you can see something like this in your Bible. Okay, I'm seeing a, just a few nods of people. Everybody else is just, I'm just looking at the screen because we got in here real quick. You didn't tell me to open my Bible. All right, okay. So these footnotes, if you go to the bottom of the text, it says, the Greek for healthy here implies generous unhealthy implies stingy. So that's a clue for us. However, Jesus wants this metaphor to function. It has something to do with being generous people. That if you're, if the light, if you are a generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if we're stingy, how great is that darkness? Imagine how stinginess affects our relationships with everyone around us. Jesus continues. Here we go. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's not that hard to understand. (laughs) Jesus is talking about spiritual warfare. He recognizes that our hearts can become imprisoned. And Jesus wants to change our hearts and our choices. And he wants that change to happen in us for the good of his kingdom, but also for our own benefit. Let's keep reading. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, Or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. And then he talks about the birds and the way God feeds them. He talks about Solomon and his fancy clothes and the flowers. (laughs) He says, you know, the pagans, (laughs) they run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus wants to change our hearts and our choices. And he knows that we can't serve both God and money. And so he invites us to give our primary attention to his kingdom and his righteousness and become people who worry less about our material things, our food, our our preferences, our clothes, those kinds of things. Not that worry is eliminated, but that it's, it's diminished. I forgot what I'm supposed to say next. (laughs) All right, there you go. Is this the next slide? (laughs) Bridget's my helper. That's what I'm supposed to say next. He says kingdom and righteousness. And so it's helpful. If these are the things that we're supposed to seek first, 
to be thinking about what Jesus means when he says, seek first his kingdom and righteousness. So kingdom language, this has been language that's from throughout the Sermon on the Mount. This is about God's hope for this world, which is coming to completion in the arrival of King Jesus. Everyone is invited in, and citizens are all who respond to Jesus as king through repentance and trust. And righteousness is simply doing what God desires as has been made known to us in Jesus. Jesus invites us to be people who seek first these two things. He wants to change our hearts and our choices. So, my brain is still, let me see where I'm going next. Sorry about this. Oh, yeah. This is a really good one, so I can't forget this. Okay, here we go. Jesus wants to change our hearts and our choices. So he's painted this picture of the change. Over here, our hearts, we serve our money, our stuff, our personal preferences, our plans. And so when we have choices, we think first about those things. We're prone to being stingy. Our hearts can become imprisoned and we, we worry about those things. And over here, we serve King Jesus. We're primarily concerned with what he desires. When we have choices about what to do with our money and our stuff, we choose the things that matter to him. Our hearts are set free. So let's ask a question. This is a self-diagnostic question for each one of us. Here it is. What do I value? Jesus says the kingdom people value his kingdom what, what do I get excited about? What do I daydream about? What's the thing that makes my heart sing to think about that thing? Kingdom people get excited about what Jesus is doing in the world. They daydream about the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. And so they they. They just, they can't help but be generous. And these are Blackhawk people. These are people right here at Blackhawk. One woman recently got a significant pay raise, and she was like, I am just so excited to give more to kingdom causes. <laughs> That's wild, right? Another family, they recently lost everything in a fire. And dang is it stressful? And there are layers. But they would be the first to tell you that stuff is replaceable. And then to see like the generosity and hospitality that they have received from their friends here at Blackhawk. Oh my goodness. Someone else uh, just gave their stimulus checks away, right? Like half to a friend who was struggling financially because of the pandemic. And the other half, they gave away to kingdom-minded organizations that were doing racial justice work. 
That's wild. We've had middle school and high school students through the years uh, start clubs and organizations in their schools that brought Christian and non-Christian students together to raise money for global organizations that are coming alongside impoverished people. We have college students who are volunteer baristas at a coffee shop that gives all of its proceeds away to help end modern slavery. They could be doing the exact same thing for a wage at any number of other coffee shops in the downtown area. But instead, they do not charge for their labor because of the kingdom. (laughs) Another couple, they have two incomes, They've decided to live on one income and completely give away the other. That's wild. These are Black Hawk people. Kingdom people value God's kingdom. What do I value? Or here's another question that maybe cuts through the clutter even better for me. What do I want to value? (laughs) Right? (laughs) This one cuts through the clutter. Because I hear Jesus, that he wants to change my heart and my choices. I hear him inviting me to become a different kind of person. And I can ask that question, is that the kind of person that I want to become? And for me, the answer is yes. Like, I want my heart to be set free from the stinginess that I feel and experience on the inside. And so if I want Jesus to change my heart, I can start by moving my treasure. I can start by making one simple, tangible choice. And that choice could reshape my heart. And then my reshaped heart could shape my choices, which could shape my heart over and over. It's cyclical. So here's, here's a challenge for all of us for this week. Make one small kingdom generosity choice that could reshape your heart. One kingdom generosity choice that could start this cycle or continue this cycle or re-spark this cycle for each of us. For you, maybe that choice is registering for freed up. Oh my gosh, that could reshape your heart. (laughs) Or maybe it's adding kingdom generosity as an agenda item in your next family budget meeting. Maybe you're a small business owner and for you, it's something in that realm of your world Or, or perhaps Uh, It could be making a monthly contribution to a kingdom-minded organization. And small for you, that could be $5 a month, or that could be a very different number, depending on your circumstances. I say small not to shrink our imagination, but just know the power of incremental change in our lives. And let me just say, to be clear, about our intentions here. If your choice is a monthly contribution to a kingdom-minded organization, I encourage you to pick something other than Black Hawk Church, if possible. Um, I, I believe in giving to Black Hawk, but I believe even more deeply that Jesus wants to change our hearts and our choices. And so for this week, let's just take 
my conflict of interest as an employee of this organization as far off the table as we possibly can. If you know of some other choice that you could make, make, make that choice. Because we can be people who store up our treasures in heaven. And where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And we can become people like this. Because we can't serve both God and money. So we, we don't need to worry as much about our material things and our preferences. We can seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Jesus wants to change our hearts and our choices. Imagine what kind of family we could become, what kind of community that we could build if we let Jesus set our hearts free, one choice at a time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your love, Jesus. Thank you for this good invitation. Lord, my heart is bent crooked. And pray that you would continue to reshape my heart. Lord, our hearts are so easily imprisoned by the stuff. <laughs> Thank you for your desire to set us free. For the good of the world around us. And for our own good as well. I pray for each choice this week. That you would lead us and guide us for your name's sake. We pray in your name, Jesus. And all God's people say.